Hello. Welcome to the Haas Lady Podcast, where I help you declutter your life and your home. Hey guys, it's Becky, the Haas Lady, and I just wanted to share this really awesome interview with a coach friend of mine. Lori Adams is a certified life coach who helps women find their potential even when they're getting up there in years, or as she calls it, the second act of life. This recording comes straight from Lori's podcast, Fire Up at 55 Plus, and it was just too good not to share here as well. So I hope you love it. And look, if y'all want to work with Lori, she's amazing. Just visit her website at lauriadamscoaching.com. All right, enjoy. I am so glad today to be introducing to you the wonderful Becky Blackburn Hyman, who I met online. You meet the smartest, savviest, most energetic, enthusiastic people online. At least Becky is certainly proof of that for me. We met a couple of years ago. It was during COVID. We were both in an online program together and, you know, we really clicked and everybody clicks with Becky because she's just enthusiastic yet calm. She's got a lot going on and she's able to handle it, which is great because she is a professional organizer. And today we're going to ask her about everything that we can do to actually tackle that big cluttered mess, you know, that we look at and we shake our heads and we say, okay, we're going to do this. And then we go to the store. I used to be a manager at one of the most popular space organization stores and People come in, they're all fired up, and they want to buy all the things, and perhaps they haven't really looked at what they have, and they haven't really decided if they're going to be ready to let go of it. So I know Becky knows all about that, and so today you're going to hear how she will help you to get going without being extremely overwhelmed. So I'm going to say welcome, Becky, and before anything else, I need to let our listeners know and to ask you about your company name, which is the same name for your podcast. You are known as the Hoss Lady. Why is that? Well, first of all, Ori, thank you, thank you, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, Hoss Lady, first of all, is kind of a funny play on Boss Lady, obviously, but Home Organization Simplification Specialist, H-O-S-S. And I think it just kind of clicked into my brain one day and I was like, I have to use this. This is perfect. So the Haas lady, you'll see my little car drive down the road and it says Becky, the Haas lady on it. And it's just kind of my new persona. But yeah, that's that's where that name came from. Oh, and I have to say... If you Google Haas in like the Urban Dictionary, there's actually a definition of Haas woman that is a small Southern woman who is a beast at absolutely everything she does. And I, oh thought, my gosh, <laughs> well, for the love, I have to use this. So that is, that is all the piece to that part. But yeah, we could have just said that at the beginning to describe you because absolutely, <laughs> that's perfect. That is so perfect. Yeah. Okay, so if you could just for um, anybody right now who is feeling a little overwhelmed, 
What's your background and how did you know that you had a talent for this? Because as I've said to you before, I just see this as such an organic, natural thing for you. It's not like you had to read, you know, all the decluttering books or go to the experts, so-called experts, or the um, the space store. So what was it? So I basically grew up with a single mom. And of course, she was a boomer. She was raised by, you know... Her father, who was in the Depression, her mother was a Depression age. And my mother, being a single mom and being raised by that kind of mentality of you don't throw anything away, it kind of, I guess, ingrained in her this idea that if it's junk, we can make something out of it and we'll, you know, we can convert it or make it something better or whatever. So she didn't throw anything away. And it was so difficult realizing how much stuff she was just not letting go of. And a lot of it was projects that she would start and never finish or things like that. And so I think just trying to help her through the years, I would go over to her house and I would be like, mom, can we just kind of clean out some of this stuff? You know, you're, you're surrounded by piles of stuff and her kitchen counters would be just overflowing. You didn't have any workspace. So I would go over there and just basically help her out and just kind of declutter, get things out of there. And people would come over after and they'd be like, oh, Becky's been here. (laughs) So anyway, I think one day we were actually sitting there doing her closet and she had so many clothes and she had retired. So she didn't have any use for these suits and these things that she always wore to work. And we were going through these items and she was, you know, she spent so much money on this and she loved it. And so I was just like, mom, come on, we don't, we don't really need this anymore unless, you know, you're going to go back to work. If you want to go back to work, let's keep it. Which of course she was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh -uh." (laughs) So, you know, just helping her think through the reasons of that, And getting rid of like a majority of that stuff. And she just looked at me and she was like, Becky, you really need to do this as a profession. You're just so good at this. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's a great idea. Uh, You know, (laughs) whatever. But I didn't take it seriously until right, right before she died. I started like that seed was planted and I started having all these thoughts about, oh, maybe I could, maybe I could. And then she just suddenly passed away in 2021. And it was almost like that fire exploded and I had no choice. Like mom Mm -hmm. believed in me. She -hmm. knew that I could do this. Um, I am very good at it. And so that's just kind of how it organically came about. And yeah, I've gotten to the point now where it's my full-time job. Wow. That's so great. I know you're not quite in the age range, maybe as some of the listeners here, but, you know, when you get to this other part of your life that you want to explore, you just feel it, I think, inside. And sometimes you don't know how to get started. So I think it's great to hear someone who had the inspiration of someone else. I know you were close with your mom and for you to have that, you know, loving, caring impetus and that's kind of hard for people sometimes, even the people that, you know, are in a family 
experience now, you know, they don't get that support. So that's a wonderful thing. And then, yeah, again, this was such a natural talent for you. So Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see that like people that listen here, you were able to make a transformation in your life. And also, I want to say really quick, congratulations, you just got married not too long ago. So (laughs) (laughs) So you have a lot going on. Um, A lot of life changes, yes. Yeah. and, And, you know, I ask at the end of this podcast frequently, what kind of a hobby or practice or habits, or especially a morning routine that you have. And I didn't want to wait till the end of this for you, because I know you just did um, your own podcast about uh, having a morning routine and how it helps you get started again. And, you know, with all you've got going on. And I think that getting started is very important to people who have maybe put themselves on the back burner or have that kind of potential talent or desire to get going with it and they don't know how to begin. So could you just talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. So I was one of those women who would snooze the alarm 15 times (laughs) and get up. I was so sleepy, so tired, and I would rush to get the kids ready and get everybody out the door, rolling into work on two wheels. I mean, like the whole thing. And it was so stressful and, and so crazy. And I just kind of figured that was, that's who I was. I was not a morning person. I identified that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And the more I started, I guess, listening to like self-help, self-development books and reading and things like that. One of the things that I think everyone had in common was their morning routine. And I was like, I want that. I want to have that kind of ease in the morning. I want to be productive during the day. I don't want to go into work frazzled and, you know, freaked out and stressed out. So I started by doing the easiest thing I could think of, which was get out of bed and make the bed. And if I make the bed, I'm much less likely to get back into the bed. But the problem (laughs) was getting out of bed, (laughs) right? right? So I was still hitting the snooze and I thought, okay, if I get up a little earlier, I can, you know, have time to make the bed. Maybe I'll drink my coffee on the porch, those kinds of things. Well, none of that happened. So I had to move my phone, which was my alarm to the other side of the room in order to physically make myself stand up to go turn off the alarm. And I just kind of turn around. I look at the bed and I'm like drawn back to it, but I'm like, no, I want, I want to love my mornings. Mm. I want to love starting my day with my own self-care, being able to just get up, drink my coffee, do some journaling, um, whatever it takes. And I cannot tell you how much more productive I am by getting up earlier and really slowing down. And that sounds crazy, but if you're slowing down your morning just a little bit, you're not having those rushed, stressed out things. And it all just kind of came together for me just by making my bed. So that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 And and what I like about that, too, is that you said this is what I want. And, you know, you have this new identity and you want more for that identity, for the person you are now, the person you've become since your transformation to, you know, leave your job and, and go on with this new entrepreneurial spirit and endeavor. So it's wonderful. Okay, so now I'm going to really get into the nuts and bolts of asking you about decluttering and organizing, especially for women who 
have a backlog of things maybe in their basement or elsewhere that belongs to their children or that have been designated as the family storage unit for your siblings. Uh, Also helping, you know, like you said, your mom clean out. There's a lot of things that go on in this later part of life to divest yourself and to get organized for the new life that you want. So why do women, especially those with like keepsakes, have such trouble decluttering and especially just getting started? The morning routine, you had a great tip for that. But what do you know about getting started that they do not? So the thing that I see most often with keepsakes and things like that is they associate a lot of these things to the memory of that item. And I can speak firsthand to this. Just recently, we've been merging households. So I had a chest of things that I have collected throughout the years of just memories and things like that, that I've kept. And I've just moved it from place to place to place to place. And I went through that the other day and I kept thinking to myself, why am I keeping these things? And a lot of it was that I'm going to look back on it one day, or maybe my kids are going to look back on it one day and it's going to explain my life to them or whatever. And most of that, that I went through, I got rid of so much of it. Like half of it is gone. Mm. And it's because I didn't even remember having it in the first place. So what's a good trick to this? If you have a storage unit or if you have an attic full of things, before you even look in there, if you can name 10 things that are in there, like you know for a fact something's in there, those are things you can keep because you're thinking about it. It's on your radar. But if you go up there and you start digging through things and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I had this. Obviously, you don't love it. It's not in your heart. It's not a thing that you actually want to keep. And I think a lot of people will keep things because they're afraid of getting rid of the memory. They're afraid of getting rid of the item because it generates these memories. And the hardest thing for that is that you have to know if you've not looked at it, thought about it and seen it in years, then it's just taking up space in your house. So those are the things that you really can think about getting rid of. Now, if it's your kids' items, right? So like <laughs> if your kids have moved out those empty nesters. <laughs> um, I know that when my ex-husband moved out of his mom's house and he left a whole closet full of stuff and they moved a couple of times and they would pack that stuff up and they would move it to the new house and then they would mm. pack that stuff up <laughs> and move it to the new house. <laughs> and finally, she was like, done. I am done. You need to take these things. <laughs> so... She boxed it up, she brought it over, and that was it. And then let him decide what was special to him to keep. So I think if it's your kids' things, it's kind of like, do you want to keep that memory? Because ultimately, and I know this is morbid, what's going to happen is when you pass on, those things are going to still be in their home, and ultimately it's going to go back to them anyway. Yeah. So they might as well make the decision while you're alive, while you can enjoy the memory together and either keep or get rid of those things now so that it kind of makes that easier for the both of you. 
really when you're holding on to things like that for years and years and years, is it really more important than your productivity? Is it really more important than your level of stress and your level of calm? Because I guarantee if you think about, oh, I have to go clean out the attic or, oh, I have to go clean out that storage unit. It's not feelings of excitement and memories and, oh, I can't wait to get in there and look at all the fun things that we own. It's Mm. a feeling of dread. It's a feeling of overwhelm that most people can't deal with. So sorry, I kind of, I kind of veered off the topic there, but yeah. No. And, and you also um, segued a little bit to the feeling of having calm. And I was going to ask you about that because I think that when you have a cluttered home or office working space or wherever you're spending a lot of your time, if there is stuff (laughs) and there's more than you need or more than you want, distractions come up, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't find things that you need. You know, I must have seven pairs of scissors. I mean, my whole life growing up, we had one pair and then I had one pair for the most of my married life. And then no, no, I just started accumulating them. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, when I want a pair of scissors, oh, where's that pair of scissors? Somebody grabbed it because they needed a pair of scissors. So, you know, <laughs> it's just these crazy things that take up time or you can't find an important file or you need a birth certificate or, oh, where's that passport? I haven't traveled for a while. So how do you create a sense of calm as you declutter and you get over these obstacles of feeling maybe guilty or that you shouldn't get rid of stuff. (laughs) So I come at it from a different perspective because you always hear people, the professionals, the experts, whatever, they say everything needs a home, which is true. Everything needs a home, but you have to come into it from, you have a house of a certain size. You have a certain number of rooms And inside of those rooms, you have a certain amount of furniture and a certain amount of drawers and and cabinets and things like that. You have to go at it from, I'm going to assign every single space in my house a function. So the function comes first. Let's take like right now I'm sitting in front of my, my home office desk. My home office desk is for working. So I've got my monitor. I've got my computer. I've got a picture of my babies. I've got Mm -hmm. some post-it notes and like a cup full of eyeglasses because I lose my eyeglasses. (laughs) I leave them in the car (laughs) all the time. Um, And a cup of like pens. So the things on my desk relate to my job. They relate to me working. Now, If I were to go and need a pair of scissors, right? Like you were just (laughs) saying, I actually have an entire system back behind me in this cabinet thing that has a drawer just for scissors. Hmm. And so regardless of why you need these scissors, now I will will take one little sidebar because I do have a pair of scissors that nobody can use that are hidden away. Those are my sewing scissors. You know what we, you know what I'm talking about? Like you cannot use those on paper. So, so they're, they're hidden. Don't tell anybody, (laughs) but I do have like, I don't know, six, seven pairs of scissors that are all in that drawer. So when I am in the house and I see a pair of scissors sitting out, I know to take those pair of scissors exactly where they go into that drawer because I've assigned that drawer for only scissors. And that creates the calm. When you have things that don't belong anywhere in your house, 
you are creating chaos and you're it's it's so subconscious even when you're sitting at your desk if you have a whole bunch of like knickknacks and doodads and things like that your brain is registering everything that you're seeing and it will lead to distractions even if it's harmless you know if you have i don't know like a post-it note that has nothing to do with your job but it says something like pick the dog up at the groomers <laughs> you're going to still think about that even though it's not related to your job. So maybe the post-it note on your desk isn't the best place to put that. So have a reminder spot in your house. So those are kinds of things that I like to go at it from is that the less decision that you have to make, the easier your life is going to be. So when you have that function of your space and the only thing that goes in that space relates to that function, you've eliminated all those decisions. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does, definitely. And you explain it in a very common sense way, but it's still unique. So that's awesome. <laughs> and I was even going to ask, you know, um, we have had a couple of podcasts on weight loss. And I know that my listener is always interested in that. Almost everybody is and fitness. And I was thinking about that as you were talking about the hoarding I did during COVID, I'm ashamed to say. (laughs) And I still have things in my pantry that, you know, I did donate to food pantries and such, but, you know, that's not helping my weight loss to have all that excess stuff, you know. So even things you want to accomplish, like getting more fit and in shape. Right. So when you are very intentional about how you keep your kitchen organized, A lot of times people will have, like my mom, I'll go back to that example, where her kitchen counters were just overflowing with completely non-related things like papers and mail and bags of things to return to the store or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't have that counter space to do the work. So she comes home from her job and she comes in, the first thing she sees is this crazy chaotic kitchen and she's like I don't want to make dinner Mm -hmm. I don't have any space to make dinner so I'm just going to order a pizza yeah well right there (laughs) yeah that decision changes your trajectory of your weight loss and the less stuff that you have in your kitchen on your countertops the easier you have your kitchen set up the less food you have on hand you're going to be able to make quicker decisions. It's going to be a no-brainer. You don't have to debate yourself about what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also think that making like a weekly food plan, getting your groceries together, having a actual meal planned out for all the food that's in your pantry right now is really important. So a lot of people will just go and buy whatever looks good at the grocery and they'll put it in the pantry. And sometimes they use it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it goes bad. And then you're just left with a waste of money, a waste of space. So I feel like the pantry needs to be very intentional as well, Mm -hmm. where you only have the things on hand that you actually are going to use. So I'm going to be making a lot more stews and soups with beans. All the different kinds of beans. <laughs> but I like beans, you know, once they're organized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will help. Okay. So when beginning projects like decluttering, we often don't know what we don't know. We're not you. And um, when you go into someone's space or even you do some of this over the internet, what do you see 
first about their situation that they might not have a clue about. They may think they have a problem that, you know, they need to organize their kitchen and you might look at them and be able to discern a little bit more about it. What do you find? So I find that a lot of people see clutter and they see things that they have to keep and they see things that they know they're going to use one day. But what I see is potential. People will be so overwhelmed with the mm. things that they own that they can't make those decisions. And I don't see the things. What I see is the space and the potential for that space. Mm. I see the reason why we want that space clean. The reasons like, what is the result we want to get from this? Mm-hmm. A lot of people only see the things and they're so like stuck about making those decisions about what they can keep, what they should get rid of, that it paralyzes them. And that's why I think my my process, because I have a three-step process of um, the first step is to clear everything out that you can. So like, let's take the kitchen pantry, for example. If you take everything out and you categorize out into different categories. You'll put all your breads together, all your grains and rices together, all your canned foods together, and you separate everything out. And then you're going to see what all you own. So then the second step is we commit. We're going to commit to a function for each space. So if you've cleaned everything out of your pantry, you have all these shelves that are empty, you're going to commit each shelf to one function. And then as you are putting things back, that last step is the reset. So you're going to only put back things that fit into that space. So the decision-making is going to be a little easier because if you commit to one shelf only being one type of food, and maybe food isn't the best example, but any kind of socks or sweaters or um, anything really in your life. If you commit to one function for that space and you have twice as many items, you're going to have to get rid of half of those items. Yeah. And that's where the decision making comes easier because you're kind of given a, okay, so if I'm only supposed to keep this much stuff, then I can make the decision of, okay, so I'm going to get rid of this many sweaters to make them fit into that drawer. Mm -hmm. So that to me is what I think differentiates me from other people because they want to just find a home for everything. (laughs) And that's great because you can find a home for everything by just shoving stuff into crevices and, (laughs) you know, that's that's their home now. (laughs) Yeah, we used to call that stash and dash. My family <laughs> before a party. Oh, stash and dash. <laughs> yep. Yep. You have that one closet that everything gets jumped into. <laughs> yes. Don't open the closet in the hallway, please. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, again, I'm going to go back to a little bit of the mind game of, you know, reluctance on behalf of people that do this. And so I really just want to be able to address guilt and people pleasing because those are two common things that prevent people from making the transformation they want to make in everything that they're interested in doing. And certainly in this too, because it's easy to bring in others' feelings or blame them when you're feeling guilty about, you know, eliminating things that they may have used or would prefer you didn't get rid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I see that a lot. And this happens when a parent passes away or even 
a gift that you've received from a family member or a friend. And you get this. However you receive the item, you've gotten it from someone else. Well, you have to think of it as that item came from that person because they picked it out. Mm. And like, if it's a gift, let's just think about this. And this is really hard for people to understand. But if you want to buy a gift for somebody, okay, you go in and you think about, oh my gosh, this is perfect. They're going to open it. They're going to smile. This is going to make their day. Then you bring in all these feelings of, I did so good. I Mm. picked out the best gift. Oh my gosh, they're going to love me. Right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, you can bring that gift over. They're going to open it and be like, what the crap is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I have never in my life thought about this gift. I have never wanted this gift. And now I have this thing that they want me to have, but I have no use for it. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's a, it, okay. So that's that. Also, if your parents have passed away or, you know, if a loved one has passed away and now you've gotten all of their things. They bought that for themselves. They did Mm -hmm. not buy it for you. They -hmm. did not buy it with the intention of you having it one day. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they did, but I'm sure they would have said something. Mm. Like this antique sewing machine. I want that to go to you. You know, those kinds of things. So the people pleasing comes from you feeling like you have to keep the item because you're going to disappoint them if you get rid of it. Mm. When in reality, they were in a selfish state when they purchased that item. And I don't mean selfish negatively, but they were thinking of their reward of that purchase, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted you to love it, but you didn't love it. Hmm. So it's it's still their own personal thing. That is big. Um, Right? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to let my adult children listen to this because I'm a gift giver. And I love to give gifts and I love to try to figure out what they would really want. And now as my children's families have evolved, they've become minimalists. They don't want all this stuff <laughs> to them for themselves or their or their kids. So I have the funniest story. I was I was getting my nails done the other day and I'm sitting there and this older couple, it was a gentleman and his wife were also getting their nails done beside me and they're just chit-chatting away. And Somehow it came up about um, moving. And I was like, yeah, we're in the process of moving. And I was like, you know, I'm a home organizer. You would think that I would be able to do this in like 30 minutes, <laughs> which, you know, they kind of laughed. They were like a home organizer. Wow, that's kind of crazy. We, um, My daughter, she's a she's a minimalist. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. She was like, yeah, she don't keep anything. She gets rid of all kinds of stuff. And then she said that, you know, we would get these kids, these gifts, and they would only play with them once. So she would get rid of them and all that money down the drain. <laughs> to which the husband was like, I think we've already covered this because that was 25 years ago. We can let that go. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. I got so tickled. I was like, I have yeah. to share that story with somebody. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, why can't we let these things go? Yeah. Why can't but I we think let a lot go? of it is, you know, focusing on the future, like you said, creating the environment that you want. So, you know, so often you do, you think about, okay, I got to get rid of this. 
then I got to find a container for it or even, you know, organizing the pantry the way you said. But what do you want that pantry to look like? How big of a feature do you want all the food and pantry to be in your kitchen? Right. And, you know, and you you had told me you have this piece of furniture behind you and the listener cannot see that, but I can. (laughs) And I'm looking at that black cabinet. I'm like, yeah, that's where you put your scissors and everybody will know this is Mm -hmm. where I've got a perfect, perfect desk my mother uh, handed down to me. And I'm thinking, okay, we're moving that. My husband will be glad to hear. Here we have to move something downstairs. Yeah. But, um, so I want to segue into that. Can you tell us a little bit about the end game, the success stories that once people get this done with you or on their own and they tell you that, you know, with pride what they've done, what does that look like for them? Do you see a transformation in themselves as well as the space? Or if you could just speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So I can tell you a couple of stories. Um, one was a young professional. She had her first house. So she was a party planner and she would have these big events. And when she'd get home, she'd be so tired that she would just dump everything in her garage. Mm. Well, then she'd get home from work doing something else. And she would have like a bag from, you know, Walmart and she would just leave it in the garage. And mm. then something would come in, she would just leave it in the garage. Well, it got to the point where her garage was just that place, that stash and dash place where you Mm. just, I don't know what else to do with this. So it goes to the garage. Well, she hired me. I came out there, took an entire day and pulled everything out of her garage, helped her figure out what she needed to keep. And she, we took away three carloads of things to donate She sent me a text later that night and she was like, I have left my house three times just so that I can come home and open my garage and pull my car in it. Isn't that great? So thrilled for her because she was beyond excited. And I even reached out to her months after that and I was like, just checking in on you. (laughs) How are things? How's your garage? And she was like, you are so proud of me because I still have it very, very clean, just like you left it. So oh, that's great. That's, that is an amazing story. I love that one. And um, just recently, I helped a family. They were merging households. It was a newlywed and they had both all of their things. And it kind of got that one bedroom, that spare bedroom became that stash and dash room. And it was just floor to ceiling, wall to wall stuff. And it took us two days. We went through everything Mm. to the point where now she has a guest bedroom with a bed and a dresser and a Uh, closet. And it was just so good for them to actually be able to invite people over to spend time with them and that kind of thing that I don't know. I just feel like she was so, so thankful as well. So those are the kinds of stories that that really warmed my heart. Of course, you know, I've already talked about my mom and how Mm -hmm. she would say things like, you're so good at this and whatever. But after I would do something in her house, her mentality, her whole demeanor would change. She would Mm -hmm. become just, she would smile. She would be Mm -hmm. like, let's go get something to cook. Let's go Uh, to the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like she would just change her entire, I don't know, just her mood would lift. And I don't think people realize how much the clutter in their house weighs them down. 
They think they can handle it. They think they can get, you know, past all of these things. And then it's just, they get paralyzed when they just can't figure out why they can't get rid of things. And it's the clutter. The clutter just mentally breaks you, I think. Yeah. Well, that's just great. I'm so glad to hear that because who would think, you know, just starting to clean out a little bit, you know, and you can change your whole life because it is life changing, Mm -hmm. you know? It makes me think about that film. I always like to talk about quotes and books or films. And I don't know if you remember, I think it's in one Harry Met Sally and uh, Carrie Fisher and her new guy are merging households. And mm-hmm. he has this this horrible wagon wheel coffee table and they argue over it and he really wants to keep it. And then it's toward the end, you know, he's rolling it out and he said something, you know, and she said, I will never want that wagon wheel coffee table, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's things like that. I mean, I'm, you know, I know in, in my family, both my son and my husband love those lazy boy chairs. And I'm like, OK, but it's got to look like a lazy boy that doesn't really look like a lazy boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it can be yeah. it can be challenging. That's for sure. But um, I'm so glad that we've had you on to do this. And I hope that you'll come back in the future so we can just like talk about, OK, this is garage day. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. Because I know that you have guides. You have a an audio course that takes mm-hmm. people through this step-by-step at their own pace. I think that's wonderful, Becky. You know, you go in your kitchen and you listen to you telling, you know, me what to do in my ear. And if I get a little overwhelmed, I can stop and go, come back another day because, you know, I'm one of those people, let's schedule it for the weekend. And then you know, we get half yeah. a room done or something. So, yeah, that's awesome. And we talked about your morning routine. I do want to ask you, because I love reading, you know, if you have a couple favorite books, either nonfiction related to organizing or not, just, you know, something that's personally meaningful or just fun to read that you've read recently. So I think the book that was my big pivotal moment, not just in weight loss or in organizing or being a professional or anything, but it was Atomic Habits. Oh, Um, yeah. So often I come back to that habit stacking. And if you've not read the book, you need mm-hmm. to read this book. Um, yeah, a lot because, of people mention this book and I oh, know yeah. I love it too, but I, I think it's something you can revisit over and over again. Over and over. And it relates to everything. So like if you are prone to losing your keys, if you come in and you just lay them down, you can start there and just say, every time I come in the house, I hang my keys up. Mm-hmm. If I see my keys, I hang them up. So you're you're stacking that habit. And it's kind of like the bed, the morning routine. Like if I get up and I turn around and look at my bed, when I look at my bed, I make the bed. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I walk in the room and the bed's not made, I make the bed. Those yeah. kinds of things. So the, the habits of when you pick up something in the house that's out of place, your immediate action is to put it away. Mm. And I love to say that tidy people do tiny things all day long. <laughs> so I I don't want people to feel like they have to go in every week and do some major purge. It's it's not that. It's once you get to this point, that maintaining point, tidy people do tiny things all day long. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So I think that that little habit of finding things around the house just put it where it goes yeah. because it has a home that we've already assigned. And then you have the environment that you want. So that's exactly, exactly. Who do you follow for social media or listen to on podcasts or look to as role models again for organization or for something else? 
So my favorite podcast, and this is completely unrelated, but it is so fun. And if you're a fan of The Office, I mm. listen to The Office Ladies. <laughs> it's Jenna <laughs> Fisher and um, Angela Kinsey. And it's just kind of a decompression. They're so <laughs> silly and they talk about funny things. It's just like having coffee with your best friends, but they're just talking to you. Um, <laughs> so those that's my favorite podcast mm-hmm. right now. As far as like organizing, I do follow a few like groups on um, on Facebook and things. No one really in particular. But what I love to do is follow these groups where people are trying to help each other and get ideas mm-hmm. on how to organize and things like that. And they're like, you know, posting pictures of, um, oh my gosh, I'll never forget. This lady <laughs> posted a, a thing that she said, I have decluttered my child's bedroom. She's got this little side table that has three drawers. What do I put in it? And I said, well, why do you have to put something in it? Maybe oh, yeah. maybe let's normalize <laughs> having an empty drawer. Why do we need to stuff it with something? We can just say that that drawer is empty. And she got a little sassy with me back, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the things that I like to see. I like to see how people think about sure. stuff because that's so, it's so interesting how people get so attached to their items and yeah. they think that if it's a flat surface, it has to have something on it. If it's an empty mm. drawer, it has to have something in it hmm. um, when you don't yeah. have to have something in it. Anyway, that was well, fun. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. So thanks again. I think we're going to wrap up now, but I do hope that you'll be back. I will. And um, I'm going to put a little reminder to myself that when you do come back, we can check in and remind um, the listener, hey, did you do it? And did you maintain it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Put tiny things uh, away. Yeah. Tidy tidy people do tiny things all day long. Um, I do want to come back to one little thing, if it's okay. Absolutely. Um, You mentioned my audio guide. It's an audio course where it's a podcast. So you can listen to me walk you through my process in my brain. So when I thought about doing this, I literally wrote out what I think, what I do, how I do it during a decluttering process. And that is probably... And it is still, I'm still adding more material to this audio mm-hmm. course as we go. And it's one of those things that you just don't realize how much goes into it. So that work has been done for you. Mm. So all you have to do is push play and let me talk you through it. Let me help you with those decisions. And then as you're done, that part was not as hard as you thought it was going to be. And I take you through the entire thing all the way through to the very end where I'm like, you are not done because you still have boxes in your trunk that you didn't take to Goodwill. Mm. So yeah, don't put so, them in the garage. <laughs> right. You're not done until that stuff is gone. So yeah. it's yeah. a very, very detailed front to end process for all the rooms in your house. And it's like the form of a private podcast, so they get access mm-hmm. when they get right, it from right. Awesome. So you you get that access. You get a very specific link. So it's just you, and you get a community. We have a little group that we have together. 
And you don't have to show any pictures of yourself in your cleaning clothes or the space that you're trying to organize. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And I think right. that's that helps too because people are very private about their mm-hmm. life. And if they do have a hoarding problem or, you know, borderline hoarder, then they're embarrassed and they don't want people to come into their home because they feel so judged. And I promise you, I don't judge any of that. I completely understand that it's it's a thing. And so this audio course kind of helps you eliminate some of that embarrassment. And then if people are in the uh, Tennessee area, mm-hmm. Tennessee, correct, Huntsville, you will Alabama, be able to work with them in person. Yep. I work in Southern Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Northern Alabama. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll be moving there soon without all my stuff. So you can help me. <laughs> I'm on down. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thanks again, Becky. And we'll talk to you again not too long from now. Sounds great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lori. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my Host Lady podcast. My name is Becky, and I cannot wait to share more ideas with you to help you get your environment and your mind to a more organized space. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one, visit my website at thehostlady.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave me a review and share with your friends. Until next time, let's get to it.